Well, hi, everybody. It's it's Kim Winter from Logistics Executive Group, and uh, welcome to today's uh, book review session, part of our series on on uh, assessing and introducing authors from various books. We've got a very interesting uh, character who's joined us today, a gentleman from uh, New Zealand, but with a Polynesian background, and uh, I'll introduce him in a minute. But first of all, I want to introduce my, uh, my co-host, one of our senior colleagues here at Logistics Executive Group, Andrea Sewell. Hey, Andrea. Hey, Kim. Thanks for having me today. Thanks so much. And then to our very special guest from New Zealand, uh, this gentleman has a, uh, a glorious uh, international rugby career in his early days, um, played in many countries in the world, which we're going to hear about, um, and has also developed extensively into the area of, of leadership um, and power, empowering leadership, empowering people. He's a consultant, he's an author, he's an innovator. Uh, he's a game changer. He's uh, also a very proud Polynesian man, and his name is Filippo Levy. Hey, uh, talofa, Filippo. Hey, Kimbe, talofa, lover. Amalole suifua, marelangi mama. It's great to be on this uh, on this talk today, and yourself and Andrew. It's great to have you on, on board uh, to, to discuss uh, transitioning and uh, and also this book, which aligns with yeah. So, so thanks for having me on board. Thanks, thanks uh, Philippe. I suppose just before we start, I wanted to uh, pay homage to a really great Polynesian uh, game changer in New Zealand, and and uh, his uh, his name was Olsen Filipina. His his uh, passing was announced today, and perhaps Filippo, mm-hmm. you could say a couple of words in respect to him. Yeah, I think uh, most. Polynesians will remember Olsen's uh, feats on the field and what in the way he paved the way for many Polynesians, you know, on the league field, but also uh, professional sport, you know, throughout the seventies and the eighties, and and taking those, you know, those huge steps to actually move over to Australia, where pretty much Polynesians were non-existent in the National Rugby League, the NRL. Uh, I guess for uh, being Samoan, he was Samoan, and he was Samoan in Maori. Dad was Samoan, uh, mum was Māori from up, up north of Ngāpui. I was really uh, you know, just to honour his legacy and, um, and providing, you know, our generation who've come through because of uh, because of, the, of, uh, of the likes of him. Yeah, thanks, Philippe. Kind words, and we pass on our respects to his whānau, to his family in New Zealand and in, uh, and in Samoa as well. Uh, Andrea, from the top. Want you to uh, take on and uh, and uh, have a chat to Filippo about his book. He's just published a book, and we're very excited to hear about it. Right, and um, thanks, Kim. And before we jump into the book, I mean, Filippo, I've been following you on LinkedIn for a while now, and I think something you posted a few months ago just really hit me with the book. It was just like you said it was a shot to your system to be retiring in your thirties. Um, what uh, what was that transition like for you, going from player to I guess, normal day-to-day citizen. How was that going for you? And how was that process? The process was a, you know, I think when you go through change or disruption, when you're, when something stopped suddenly, uh, you know, let, let's take the, uh, the pandemic in New Zealand, you know, we've, been, we've gone through lockdowns. Um, you know, many people have been forced to change, you know, to something they're being really uncomfortable and I guess it's a similar to, you know, uh, stopping playing sports or rugby in, in, in my uh, experience. So 
to go through that, you know, it was a challenging time. Um, I guess I had a few opportunities to go back to France and Europe, uh, but I had to really put the, you know, really think about what, what what's what's next. And, you know, it was a, yeah, I mean, to, to put sort of, um, you know, sort of that experience for me, you know, it's, it'll be different for, for anyone going through that. Um, I guess for me, it was a challenging time. It's uh, I had to really force myself to, to, to leave the room and, and make sure that I, I keep things consistent in terms of my training, uh, making sure I'm moving around, being physical, having that sort of structure. As an athlete, that's really important. Um, so running, you know, running down the road, going, you know, having some sort of structure because I didn't have a trainer anymore. I didn't have a program. There was no set times to be, be anywhere for you. So when it's taken away from you, uh, and then you're pretty much in an environment where you, you you have to choose what to do next. You have to decide and be responsible. That was the hardest bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely something I've heard a lot of athletes struggle with, and you see a lot of the stories come out in, in the media. Um, so right now you're working a lot with the Rugby Union Business Club, and I want to know a little bit more about what you do with them. And was that something that existed when you were a player, or is it something you're kind of doing now because you wish it existed when you were playing? Or in the heights of the playing days. Hmm. I think that's a, a great question. I think f- um, throughout my family, you know, um, you know, I've seen, you know, my my mother, you know, who creating things out of nothing, you know, uh, getting, you know, um, you know, she she was a she started the first uh, Otago Rugby Salmon uh, team. You know, she just created something, and then I was part of that as a sixteen year old, seventeen year old, and then she was quite. Um, she had that uh, the entrepreneurial spirit, and I think she had a. You know, she got that from her granddad, or well, my my granddad, her dad. He was a bit of a um, quite, um, you know, he had a, ran a bit of a successful business in Samoa. Um, so I guess learning from her, and then I've always had the knack of, oh, you know, I want to want to do something. I want to be able to create something and and help empower, inspire, uh, and be with a team. So in my last few years in in the UK, uh, especially in Nottingham, is when I started to really look into uh, creating products so i started to make uh, salmon food for, for the uh, for, for my teammates <laughs> so i started to make some some uh, some coconut buns uh you know just uh, you know i just uh, just made it and see see how they'll they'll take it and then had, had some good feedback and met with a guy from church a business uh, guy from church and i met him and then went through a bit of a process and you know to you know to try and try and test the market but then uh, i came to a time where the we had to go back to New Zealand because my, my contract finished and also that meant that my visa finished as well. Yeah. So, and then came back, yeah, and then pretty much came back to New Zealand, played uh, one more season for, not, uh, for, for sorry, for, for Tasman Marcos. Um, and then, yeah, and then pretty much that was, yeah, that was, uh, that was it for the journey. But I've always had that something, you know, I watched, you know, um, you know, I wish you know there was something there for players to understand about business or understand. And, and look, um, rugby is a you know it's such a complex world. There's so many other things that are that are um, that are that are prioritised. So it's the onus is on the player to find that to, to find that for them. So clubs are, are busy trying to trying to win the game. You know, for the week, you know, training those are the priorities. So, but I wish there was something a club there to maybe go and learn from other rugby players or rather athletes who have started business. You know, so so that was the that was the motivation. A few years later, where I started a rugby business club uh, and bring guys who have been through the transition or who are just starting the businesses and and talk about that transition away from rugby or sports and into 
uh, creating their, their business. Oh, that's a great story. And um, I hope you can send me some of those coconut buns because that's that sounds good as well. <laughs> I wish someone on my team would make oh, me coconut that. buns. <laughs> no, that's really cool though. So um have, so I want to jump to the book because this is supposed to be about the, the book club, right? Did you always want to write? Is that something that you wanted to do? Or did that just come naturally after the rugby business club? Or your well, natural writer? Yeah, no, well, I well. Probably not a natural writer. I mean, I, I struggled throughout high school. You know, I was always getting things wrong and just just passing or failing. And uh, you know, so but wasn't so I went to university and I had to uh, learn how to type. Uh, you know, I had to had to you know force myself to actually learn to type. And so you know, I wished I learned how to type at high school. But so you know, you start one finger, two fingers, and a year later, two years later, you're you're quite not not too bad. So I guess it started from that. Um, from, from sort of university and then writing essays and you know they're quite dry and then I um and then I graduated many years later you know it wasn't your three years it was it was many years later you know but then I ended up you know with with, 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 with some skills of, of of writing so um but it was it was a it was a hard journey it wasn't easy and then I went up and then many years later um going to business in 2018 all time one of my first business Coaches told me you 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 need a book to 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 leverage that book uh, to show people your IP to tell them what what you have so 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 he's been pushing me this for a couple of years so I decided okay uh, we'll see what happens and then and then before I, I started my wife started her book and she completed it um, and I, and I saw her journey so that was great so she went through a, a similar transition to my rugby transition her her journey was from uh, pretty much following me all around the world. To, to going back to New Zealand and then uh, joining the Les Mills um, fitness team. And she became a bit of a, a global athlete. So she was a bit, a bit like the All Blacks, you know, they travel around the world. So she represented the, the Les Mills New Zealand team all around the globe. She came back and then uh, then all of a sudden it was pretty much taken away from her. So so I guess I saw that journey. I saw that disruption. I went through that and I just, so I had to really be understandable. I didn't really understand what she was going through, but I knew mentally Yep, I know what's happening. So, um, so she she wrote that in a book uh, called uh, "From Fat to Fierce" uh, because she went through that process of uh, her uh, her burnout in, in fitness. Um, I'm probably not the best person to talk about it. You probably need to interview her, uh, Kim. Yeah, we'll get um, her on the on the, on the podcast. <laughs> that's a, that's a yeah, winner. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, the, so from that on, I, I saw that and I thought, okay, it's, it's two years later, and then 2020. Lock, first lockdown came in New Zealand, you know, when the first COVID, you know, the, you know, that was going everywhere globally. That's when I thought, okay, I've got a bit of time here to start to put my thoughts on paper. But also I, I already spoke about the actual tackle, tackle as a, as an acronym, as a, as a keynote. So I've already spoke about it uh, for a few years. So it was good to, uh, to now write that as, as a process in the book so I can, I can put all my thoughts down uh, of what, what I went through, uh, you know, what worked, what didn't. So, yeah, so I wanted a book that could uh, honour those who have helped me, you know, because, you know, as athletes or whatever you do in life, if you're successful, it wasn't because of you. There's always someone behind you. There's always someone that's there for you. You know, uh, if you're a big CEO, you know, someone's cleaning up your rubbish. You know, someone's, uh, you know, the, the receptionist there smiling, you know, well, I think most of the time. <laughs> so there's always people there as part of the team to, you know, help the organisation move forward. So the book is about honouring my, you know, my parents first, 
um, and also showing them the sort of the, that vulnerable journey um, as, as a male Samoan where it's, it's un, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of um, the unspoken to speak about feelings or speak about being vulnerable. Uh, and so, you know, we're meant to be very uh, muscular, you know, that whole, uh, uh, the masculine sort of stereotype, uh, you know, uh, physical specimen, whatever. So, but then to, to try to break down those, those barriers or stereotypes as to, hey, I, I'm going to write something because I, I you know, I've, I've been through around the world. I've seen people struggle, you know, and I, and I was also struggled. I had people who helped me and I need to write this down because one or two, one one person might be going through the same same experience as I did. Yeah, no, I think that's really important because I think representation as well matters. I think people mm-hmm. seeing other people who look like them, sound like them, have similar um, upbringings, it's easier to, to understand their story as you get older. I see you have a stack of books in the corner. Is one of them <laughs> your books? Seven Truths, you just want to wave it up? Is in the oh, back corner, that, is that, that one of them? No. Ah, that's yes. one of them. <laughs> so, Seven Truths of a Professional Athlete. You know, before you wrap up, do you want to give our audience a teaser of one of the truths? <laughs> Oh goodness! I think I had to buy the book uh, when that released. <laughs> but look, uh, yeah, it was it was something that um, I think um, I think the second lockdown last year, I um, in Auckland, you know, I, I I actually wrote something on Instagram on on LinkedIn. I wrote something seven truths of a, of a rugby player, and it sort of went trended. It sort of trended and it sort of went viral, and then someone shared it on Instagram and Facebook. And all these comments, I thought, okay, that's that's quite. A, I might use that to, as a sort of second title, because the because the, the seven truths is, is what I've what I've experienced, but what I've seen, um, you know. So one of the truths is that uh, you, you you know you're you're only an injury away from losing your job, you know. So that that, that that's one truth. That, that's a fact. Um, you know, I I've been through injuries in the book. I talk about. Um, and you know, nearly nearly losing my eye, you know, and I had a had a had a um, had a blowout fracture, which I didn't realise for two days because I was in bed with a delayed concussion, uh, and that was against uh, Sale Sharks. I was, I was playing for Manu Samoa. It was the trial game before the World Cup in two thousand seven, so the first game was against the Springboks, but I I, I missed the game because I, yeah, someone punched me in the, in a the wall, um, so I went through that um, through that surgery, uh, you know, and then you know I, I could have. Lost, lost an eye and game over. <laughs> that's it. So yeah, so that's one big thing. Um, you know, that, that truth. You know, it was, it was personal. Uh, but for me to get to move move forward and to recover, you know, recover, listen to the uh, the expertise of the, of the of the medical team and and to, and to trust the process. There there is a healing process of about two months uh, to not fly for two weeks because you know you know blood pressure you know to the brain and. All that sort of um, all sort of stuff. I need to make sure that um, I had to look after myself first. Uh, but yeah, but that was tough. Not going to the uh, World Cup that year. I was a week away. Um, so yeah, so so that's one. Um, number two, you're probably thinking seven truths. I'll, I'll give you number two, babe. Eh? <laughs> so yeah, number two is uh, your your performance is scrutinized daily. So you you so you're judged on a daily occurrence. You know what you eat, uh, to your fat test, to your uh, uh, to your water intake, to you know, to what your urine looks like. You know, are you hydrated? Are you dehydrated? Uh, there's drug uh, tests now randomly; they turn up out of nowhere. Uh, you know, you got video or DVD or 
you know, reviews of the game, of training. So every day is where, you know, you're, you're, you're scrutinized. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's a, and that, that's something as a professional athlete uh, will, will know intimately. You know, they have high standards, they're going to reach those standards. And, you know, if you, if you don't get there, you, you know, have a sense of, oh, no, I'm letting the team down, you know, I'm letting myself down, you know, and that could go back to the, back to the first one where, you know, you're only injury away from losing your job or you're only a, a bad performance from you losing your job. So, uh, yeah, so I guess that's what high athletes, uh, we know, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're judged every day. Uh, no, that's, uh, that's very, very interesting. I think I also, I, I sprained my MCL two months ago and I was worried because we were going to have a tournament um, this month that's been cancelled due to COVID. So, and it was a big worry. The minute it happened, I was like, I won't be able to play. So I think I'll, I'll definitely be reading this book because those first truths that you shared have just been like, yes, that, that resonates. Um, before we wrap up on a hand over to Kim, can you just tell the audience where they can find you, your website, LinkedIn, or where they can get the book? Yes, uh, so I'll be releasing on the 16th of February, which is New Zealand time. Uh, so it will be, um, so that they will be the open cart day. So you, you need to go to tackleyoursuccess.com. Um, it will be open on the 16th. Don't try to go now because it's not open. <laughs> so so it's a tackle your success. Um, so there it goes there and .com. So they'll be there. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to just, just, just let it go now. <laughs> so yeah, and also yeah. Sorry, oh, you, and can. You, you, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. It's add me as a friend. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you've seen some interesting stuff from you on LinkedIn this week, Filippo. So uh, some awesome work that you're doing. So Andrea, uh, colleague, logistics executive group and national player for the country of Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, and what club in Dubai, Jamaica? Uh, uh, Andrea? Uh, the Dubai Sharks. Big Dubai. club. Dubai Sharps, very big club, very proud. Saw them play at the sevens. Uh, thanks, uh, Andrea, for, for co-hosting and uh, quarterbacking this interview. Filippo, um, man, you're learning so much from you and, and hearing about your journey. Uh, and, of course, this is the book review, but um, our audience can also see uh, us have a chat with you on your story uh, as a uh, as a coach, as a uh, as a previous professional player man you've played in so many countries you're a fringe all-black player you played for Manu Samoa which I suspect we'll talk a lot more about and what that meant to you and um you know you're 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 a very proud Polynesian man in a a very Polynesian country uh New Zealand so we look forward to talking further with you so uh, Philippe Levy, uh Andrea thanks for joining us and we'll see you all again thanks for joining us folks cheers thank you